authority in marriage. And don't anybody get their stuff in a wad. (laughs) Everybody knows how to filter that out, right? Don't do it. If you know, if you, if you want to know the truth, then we got to be ready to accept the truth. And it's good if we can realize that God's word and God's plan is good. We're going to do good, and I'm I'm committed to doing good. Who, who is here? Who here is committed to doing good? God says, practice righteousness. Just get out here and try to do what's right. Get out here and do it because he's given us the power over sin. If we'll get out here and just try to do what's right, we're going to do what's right. It says practice righteousness and you will be righteous as I am righteous. Jesus, God. Practicing means we don't always have to get it perfect because I'm not God. You're not either. But God sees the heart. In marriage, God sees the heart. You know what? The spouse Sees the heart. Amen. When the doors are shut, the real, the Frankenstein comes out. Amen. Authority in marriage. And if you're single, don't check out on me. Because this one's for you too. But let me just kind of give you a little bit of introductory. uh, Let me lay a little bit of groundwork. And it's going to be tempting for the wives to think. About their husbands as we start going through this material saying, oh yeah, pastor, get him. Get him. Get him. But don't do that. And for the men, it's going to be tempting for the husbands to go, oh yes. I'm glad she heard that. Just smile confidently and sit back and look. Don't. We all carry a bunch of baggage. A bunch bunch of junk. A bunch of presuppositions to the table when we think about authority in the home. So I want to ask you to press the delete button, to clear the desktop, to throw out the trash. If you got a Mac, you got to empty the trash. If you got a PC, you got to get rid of the trash. You may throw it in the trash, but there it still sits. You can still go get it, right? The things you think you're deleting still sits there. My dad on his email likes to delete his email, but never clear his deleted items. Because he goes back and he still uses them. Like if you still use your deleted items, move them into another folder and get rid of the deleted items. No, I like them right here. I can find everything I need. Then why delete them? Well, I like them over here, not over there. Well, tell me which ones you like and let me delete the rest of them. Okay, then as soon as I do, where's that one I was looking for? It's gone. But we've got these things in our mind when it comes to the couple of these terms I'm going to give. And I know you know what I'm about to bring. But we need to hit the delete button and we need to allow the spirit of God to speak to us. Church, we're a spirit filled church and the Holy Spirit is the teacher. And the moment we think we've got it all, the moment you check out on me, you're saying, I already know what I need to know. You're saying that to God. You're not saying that to me. I can't read your mind. God can. And when you check out, whenever the pastor starts to talk about something and you think, man, I got this, I'm checking out. Don't. How many here know that you can learn? You can learn on something that you've heard a thousand times. Usually it takes that thousand and one, that's a word, time. Pastor Stephen and I, every single year going through the one year, it's like, how did I miss that? 
reading Jonas, Pastor Stephen said, I don't know how many times I've read this, but I just now see it. Well, God's grace in you right now. God says, you weren't quite ready, child. I'm not calling him a child, but God knows. Children, now you're ready. So maybe now's the time. So I want to ask you, hit the delete button, and let's go through this. And say, God, show me the truth. I would encourage you, every time that a pastor or a preacher or anybody that's about to bring the word of God to you, to say, God, show me the truth. We're going to open up God's truth, his word, and we're going to talk about some scriptures regarding authority and marriage. And this topic has huge implications. And I, I don't have it up here, but we've been talking about the umbrella. Anybody that's been here the last few weeks know I've been talking about the umbrella and how appropriate it is that we get under the umbrella. I'm not a big umbrella fan, but Elizabeth carries umbrellas, and I've noticed my kids even carry them in their backpacks. I never carried an umbrella, but I've, I've started carrying one a little bit more now because I, I walk my kids into school every single day, so I catch myself with, with an umbrella. But every now and then, Elizabeth and I will be together with an umbrella. She'll have out this little thing that would barely cover your head. And here she goes with it. And it's pouring down rain. She'll say, hey, you want to get under here with me? Sure. And what do I do? I get under here and she's holding it. And I know everybody's done it. And what happens? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I get soaked. We wind up fighting the whole way. There's no hugging and kissing going on. There should be because we're right here next to each other. It's actually a moment of a man and a woman. Actually, we can smell each other's breath. But it doesn't work. Look at her. She always says, are you getting wet? What do you think? Are you getting wet? Yeah. This isn't working. No, it isn't. So what happens? I hold it. And you know what? I mean, this sounds funny, but all of a sudden it works. She fits right where she needs to fit. The umbrella goes right where it's supposed to go. And we stay dry and we get close. Elizabeth's going to be asking me to carry my umbrella a little bit more. We might. Hey, remember now, I'm just bringing the word. I'm not telling you I do it all. Now, Elizabeth, as we go through this, she's going to, I'm going to get it. it. I just know. Not in an inappropriate way, but an appropriate way. She has been on me. Here we go. For years to do a devotion for my kids. And am I doing it? It's taken an act of God. You'd say you're a pastor. How could, what do you mean? I mean, life goes on. It is hard to do the right thing. Even when you know it. So what'd she do? She just started doing it. And then she's cooking breakfast and can't get us out on time. And I'm such a stickler to get on in the car on time. My kids know it. Ruth Ann pulled up tonight and she goes, Daddy, are we late? She goes, oh, yeah, I'm with Daddy. <laughs> Rita Marie said, Ruth Ann. And I didn't say anything, but I thought, man, that's classic. But she's down there cooking and she can't get, she can't get it all done. So I've started picking it up. Well, it started, it, the Lord started to talk to me. The Lord started moving in me. And, you know, the kids aren't really... It's not part in the waters in the kids, but it's seed going into them. 
So I'm going to be preaching on some stuff. I may not be doing it all, but can't turn the Titanic in one day. Might take two days. That's what I want to tell you in marriage. It's not going to happen overnight. It's a lifestyle. You've got to just start. Okay? Okay. It's hard to even get started. What, honey? But that's a saying. You can't turn the Titanic in a day. That is a saying. Amy Grant sang it in one of her songs. Don't tell me it's not a saying. It is a saying. Anybody know the song that Amy Grant sings? Thank you. She does. Boy, you know, all I got to do is just say marriage and here it goes. Takes a little time sometimes to turn the Titanic around. That's what she says. Thank you. That's what she says. She's still down here. I can't stand the song anyway. That's going to be in my head now. Anyway, I love Amy. I like Amy Grant, but don't like that song. Okay. Okay. Where am I? Umbrellas. Umbrellas. What's the husband's job description in Scripture? One word. It can be summarized into one word. If you're single or if you're a student or if you're married, this is our job description in this beautiful relationship called marriage. And it is sacrifice. Men, say that with me. Say sacrifice. Sacrifice. One more time, like you mean it. Sacrifice. (laughs) What is going on? I've already got the women cheering. If they had pom-poms, I believe they'd be up shaking them. (laughs) Okay. Now for the ladies. Comes down to one word. I'm not going to make you say it, I promise. I'm no idiot. But that word is submission. Now, we're going to get through this, and we're going to compare the two. And it's, uh, it's good. But if you notice, these two words are S words. When you say the S word, a lot of you, women, even men, we have such a whacked out view of what this word means. I have people in marriage counseling, and the husbands want to bring up the word submit. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Do you know what you're saying? Nowhere in Scripture does it tell the husband to tell the wife to submit. Nowhere. We're messed up. And we want to use these these things. We take Scripture and try to manipulate it and turn it into what we want it to be. And it's wrong. Again, delete. Hit the delete button. We want to clear our... Clear our palate. Everybody with me? Okay. I hope that as we go through this, that you're going to have an aha moment. Now I get it. Now I see the genius of God. Not of man, of God. God's got it going on up here, right? A man, though, is, now don't don't check out on me, is superior to a woman being a man. 
A woman is superior to a man being a woman. I've just lost you. God made us different for a reason. Men are to be men and women are to be women. God does not want she men or he women. It's the truth. You can laugh. Cindy, it's it's okay. We're unique and we're different so we can be one. God always works through authority. We've been talking about this around here. God is all about authority. It's who he is. The Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all equal but different in function. Do you remember as we looked at authority that we saw Jesus submitted to the will of the Father? Jesus, God in the flesh, came under authority. Equal in form, unique in function. We have authority and submission going on in the nature and the character of God himself. And God always works through authority. Do you remember, we need to get under the things that God has placed over us so we can get over the things that God has placed under us. And the only way that works is by authority. But most people live this one and only life without realizing this concept. They walk around, if you remember, holding the umbrella out like this. And getting pelted by hell. We have this tool, but we hold it over here. Can you all imagine an umbrella? That's what I'm trying to, trying to do. Getting pelted by all the problems, drenched by dysfunction. How crazy would it look for it to be raining outside and you holding your umbrella over here? You know, that's how, that's how stupid we look when we're outside of the authority of God. We're spirit-filled, Bible-believing Christians that have the authority thing over here. And we're getting beat up everywhere we turn. And we say, okay, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm ready for life. No, you're not. How do we understand God's authority in marriage? We understand God's authority in marriage as we understand, as we come under His authority. We stand under His umbrella of authority. And God uses authority figures and authority systems to mold us and to make us into great into greatness. Now, today we're just going to deal with the men. Somebody say amen. Amen. Some of you are saying, well, I want control of my life. I want to call the shots. I have been there. But listen carefully to me. If you want to have control, you have to give up control. Because the moment you give up control is the moment that you gain control. Men, it is all about sacrifice. That's your job description. That's my job description is sacrifice. I wish I could leave this, this up the whole time, but I can't. First scripture, 1 Corinthians 11.3 Now, I want you to realize that as the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is man and the head of Christ is God. You know, anything with no head is dead. And anything with two heads is a freak. Things with two heads don't work. Husbands, 
I'm not, nor is God, talking about rights. I'm talking about responsibility. God, in his sovereignty, has placed the leadership of the relationship. He's placed the umbrella of the authority in the hands of the man. The man is to be the leader of the relationship. Just the word husband means house and band. He is to band the house together. We are to lead. We are to hold the umbrella. The wife is to come alongside the husband under God's authority and under the husband's authority as we do life together. And it is a beautiful picture. Scripture says the head of the woman is man. It is our responsibility. Now, I want you to catch this. Do you remember when Eve ate the apple? Now, men love to throw this back at the woman, right? But do you remember what happened? Eve ate the apple. And who was right there with him? Who was right there with her? Adam. Right there. We like to forget that part. We just like to say Eve took it. But there's the man. But God came down. God came down and what did he say? He didn't ask for Eve. Now, does God know what's happened? God doesn't need to say, where are you? God's going to test Adam. But he didn't ask for Eve. Why? Because the responsibility didn't lie with Eve. It was with Adam. He said, Adam, where are you? And Adam and Eve are playing this little cosmic hide and seek, you know, thinking they can they can hide. Where are you? Adam was the guy holding the umbrella. Adam was responsible. Adam, where are you? And that's the same question that I want to ask all the guys in the house, especially husbands and those singles who are thinking about walking down the aisle. Men, where are you? Husbands, where are you? Adam was the guy holding it. Where are you? As I talk about this topic a lot, a lot of things will go through our minds, a lot of things of kind of rebounding back and forth. And you know what? Even just even though I've gone over this and gone over this and gone over this, even right now as a husband, you know, I'm just thinking the, the magnitude of this, of this question that God asked Adam. Adam, where are you? But if you want the best for your life, and God, believe me, wants the best for you. It's all about standing beneath his authority. You will never achieve your ultimate position until you live a life of submission, men. First of all, guys, is it is submission to God. Secondly, it is submission to others. And then you've got to do the white knuckle grip on that umbrella. You ever squeeze something so hard that your knuckles turn white? You've got to hang on to that thing with all that you got. Because you're the leader. Galatians 3.28 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. The playing field is level at the foot of the cross. It's level. But we are different in function. We are different because of this oneness thing. Ephesians 5.25. And this is such a cool verse. 
It says, husbands, love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Or you could put your name in there. In there, Paul loved Elizabeth just as Christ loved the church and gave himself and gave myself up for her. That's my job description. Men, that's your job description. I'm to love Elizabeth how? Like Jesus loved the church. We're the church. What's the church? It's a bunch of people that mess things up. Sorry to look at you, Robert. You don't mess anything up. You do a great job. But we mess stuff up. It's a big mess, isn't it? I was saying how much I love you. I'll have to get you the tape. <laughs> Church is, is a bunch of people all put together. We'll, we're fallen. We're fallible. But Jesus loves the church. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. I've got to love Elizabeth. That's my example, as Jesus loved the church. Well, how did Jesus love the church? I'm glad you asked. Sacrificially. Sacrificially. There was this chasm caused by sin. Jesus lived a perfect life, died a sacrificial death and rose again. And he took the initiative to bridge the gap, to bring me to God. Now I'm going to kind of spill the beans on an upcoming sermon, but Jesus didn't have to have an emotional moment to do what he did. He chose to do it. We don't have to wait for a woo-woo moment to do the right thing for our wife, we have to choose. Sometimes we can't wait on an emotion. We have to take responsibility. If you wait for an emotion, brother, they're few and far between. Jesus loved the church and gave himself up for her. As a man, as a husband... I am to take the initiative in spiritual things, in leadership things. Obviously, Elizabeth is superior to me in many areas. I'm superior to her in few areas. <laughs> we have authority and submission going on. I submit, she submits. It is rare that we just have an absolute Somebody put their foot down moment. It's happened a couple times, but very rare. When, when, you go back and be with Ruth Ann. You should try to talk on marriage with your wife standing here staring right at you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I submit, she submits. But when the, when the buck has to stop with somebody. And you know what? She can't hold the weight that I can hold. She's not called to hold the weight that I can hold. Me and my son had a moment this week. And it, it was through a basketball analogy. It was through a basketball experience. But the thing had to do with 
doing the right thing. And I, I told Pete, I said, Pete, someday you're going to have to hold the responsibility of your family. And your wife's not supposed to hold it. You're supposed to hold it. And mama sometimes isn't going to get why I'm being hard on you. But my calling is, is to strengthen up your legs and to get you ready to get out here to handle what you've got to handle. You're going to love your wife. You're going to take care of your wife. You're going to provide for your wife. You're going to be a godly daddy. You're going to hold that up on your shoulders. You're the one called to do it. It's between you and God. And sometimes I can't explain to her what it is that we're doing out there. He's crying and I'm crying and she's wondering what in the world's daddy doing to our son. Well, as good as I know how, I'm trying to make a man out of it. She can't, I, this is no, this is not a, she's a weaker anything. I'm called to hold what I'm supposed to hold. She's called to hold what she's supposed to hold. If I try to hold what she's supposed to hold, I get out of whack. When she tries to hold what I'm supposed to hold, it's out of balance. And it doesn't work. Amen? Goodness gracious. The buck's got to start to stop somewhere. And the buck stops with me. Let, let, me, let me go another five minutes and I'll quit. A lot of guys are saying, whoa, 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 it's too heavy. Forget that. And you're out there getting hammered. Hammered by dysfunction. You can't even see the umbrella anymore. You're just doing what you want to do. Yeah, I think I should just go do this. And I'm going to do that. And you got battles going on. And then every now and then, you might find the umbrella. Have you ever had one of those moments where you're just stumbling around and all of a sudden it finally clicks? What have I done? And you, you finally kind of get back under the umbrella. Whoa, I found it. Then your wife finds one and she's on guard. You ever had one of those moments? I'm not talking about fighting with an umbrella. I'm talking about fighting with leadership. Come on. How crazy does that look? Sometimes we say, honey, just take the umbrella. And we're trying to do life all hunched over. And what are you doing? You're getting soaked. You're getting aggravated. You're getting mad. Then what do you do? Sometimes you hand it to your kids. Oh, it's all about you, kids. You take it. You're the authority. Our lives will just orbit around you. It's all about the kids. It's all about the kids. What do you want to eat? Where do you want to go to church? How do you feel? You don't want to do that? Okay. What do you want to do? Okay. Do you hear... <laughs> I, I know it goes on. Serious decisions getting made by how your kids feel. What do you feel like doing? How are you? I mean, it's good to know how your kids are. If y'all y'all know me, I, I uh, whoever uh, you guys know, uh, today we had a problem with one of my kids' braces. Well, I was willing to miss a lunch date today to go over and take care of her because she was in pain. Now, that's not me giving my authority to her. That's me providing for her. She had a problem. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when your life is being driven by your kids. That's wrong. We're not being leaders. We're just trying to be their buddy or their friend. We're their coach. No, we're their parents. 
we are to lead. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. He loved it sacrificially. He gave it all. He took the initiative. Now catch this. I'm going to, this one's going to, I don't want to set you up. If Elizabeth is 99.9% wrong and I'm 0.1% wrong, I'm to take the initiative to band our family together. If we cannot get on the same page, you know whose job it is to get on the right page? It's mine. That, it, that doesn't mean I demand my way. Unity doesn't mean you demand your way. Unity means you give up your way. Now catch this. You want, you want a peace in the home, the father's going to have to stand up and see that we have peace. Are, are you there? I have even thrown this back at her in the in the negative in the negative way where I have felt like she was totally wrong. And I sarcastically have said, well, I'll just say I'm sorry again and we'll just move on. And the conviction of the Lord came on me. But I could start to see that when I see proper authority, you know what? In a way, I'm supposed to make this thing work. Somebody better be before marriage working out. And that person is the man. The man is to love the wife like Christ loved the church. Look at what we have done to Christ even since we've been the church, been saved. Look at how we treat him. Yet he would still do it again. He did it knowing what we would do. Can you, can you, men, can you get a picture that even though we may think we're being abused, we're to do the right thing and we're to give it all up for them. Ladies, I want you to hear, if you can catch what I'm saying, I may not be getting it out clearly, but sacrifice. Submission is. I don't want to I don't want to discount the wife's part. But our part is no cakewalk. If you say that, then what Jesus did for the church was a cakewalk. And that's what God calls us to do as men for our wives. Is it just not coming out? Honey, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Jesus loves us sacrificially. He gave it all for you and me. He put it on the line. And you know what, ladies? If your husbands are loving you like that, mm-mm. We're going to have us a good marriage. Now, I'm just barely started. There's two other parts to, to the man. And I'm going to stop there. I've, I'm very sorry. I'd never go this late. But uh, you know what? If all this is for is for me to get it right, then praise God. But if we can get it right as a church, if the men can get it right, if the women can get it right, man, oh, man, it's going to be good. Marriage is to be good, not torture. It's to be power. It's where our nation used to be powerful, in the home. But we're broken apart because everybody wants to lead. Man, if the man will take his rightful place, that doesn't mean with a stick. 
No, it means dying to himself and dying for the relationship. Boy, that will work. Father, I just thank you. And Lord, I just plead the blood of Jesus over the marriages in this church right here, Lord. And I just ask you, Father, that it, you would start with me and that I could start. Lord, I, I know I fail in so many ways. But Father, I just pray for my marriage. I pray for the marriages of this church. Lord, you love marriage. Lord, I just pray for the power of God to be sent, given back to the family, Lord. That the anointing of God be given back to the family. And Lord, that we start to see breakthrough. I just praise you for your worthy. I pray for those that are sick, Lord, and I just ask for a miracle in their lives. Lord, bring breakthrough on those that have called in this week. Lord, over the Christmas season, I just ask you to provide as Jehovah Jireh, Lord. I just ask you to help people make ends meet. And for people to stop for a moment and realize that this is the time of the birth of our Savior. We just praise you for this season. Lord, give you all the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen.